Hey, I'm Pastor Dave Ferguson. Welcome to Crosswalk Chattanooga's Weekend Teaching Podcast. We're glad you're with us. Well, good morning. Welcome to Crosswalk. To all of our family, any of our friends, I'm so glad that you are here. In our fourth week of our new wine series last week, Remain, we looked at a passage from John chapter 15, and today, this particular week of our new wine series, we want to think about light. We want to think about light. So, if you don't mind, I'd like to invite you to bow your head with me in prayer as we begin. Lord God, you know a lot, a lot of things are racing through my mind right now, and I need you to sift. Or just overpower. You, you're welcome to overpower me from the inside out, my voice. You're welcome to power, overpower whatever I say somewhere in between my voice and the ears of anyone listening. In fact, we, we just want to confess that we know something about ourselves today, whether we're speaking or listening, that we really need to submit to you. And so, would you do the thing you promise that when you send your spirit here, Jesus will be lifted high. And that when you are lifted high, our hearts will be drawn to a place of decision about this submission. We're yours. Use this time however you see fit. In Jesus we pray. Amen. Well, I, uh, as we get started, I am taking a tiny detour from what I had been planning all week long. Some of you will have no idea where, where, what this is even about. Others of you are going, okay, here we go. <laughs> Low and tight. Um, I want to say there our community over the last 24 hours, about 3 o'clock, my phone started blowing up yesterday afternoon. I just tipped back to recline, <laughs> and that all changed, uh, because we have over the last 24 hours been embroiled in a bit of a controversy some of you know nothing about, and I apologize. My, my tendency is to not try to create a situation for those of you who don't know, but I fear that those of us who don't know what I'm about to talk about will some point soon be drawn into this conversation. Maybe even while we sit here, somebody will text you an article or some commentary, or a Facebook post, or, 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 or. So I'd like to explain to you what happened. I'd like to explain to you what is true. And then I'd like to ask God to make use of even this weird moment to say something he may want to say to us. So the very first thing I want to say is I am sorry. Um, we made a couple of mistakes. I want to I make clear what happened. There was a post on our website of an event coming up in February uh, that was listed as a men's retreat with Richard Rohr. Those four words uh, were farmed out of our website by somebody looking for uh, whatever they could find and made into a, an article and a pretty big deal. The first thing I want to say is <clears throat> that uh, that title is not accurate. 
And if you're wanting to know uh, who is at fault, you need look no further. Um, I apologize. And I am relying on the power of God to take things that are otherwise not ideal, things like a cross, and turn it into an expression of his power. So I'm inviting God to do that. We, we uh, essentially were attempting to uh, promote a relaunch of a men's small group that's lain dormant for at least a year, I think. And the, the notion was that this would be a, an evening get-together that for 8 to 12 week, weeks, this men's group would come together. And in fact, a part of where Richard Rohr's name, and I'll explain why that might be pivotal to somebody, comes in. And the part that is truth is that the individual that was wanting to relaunch this group uh, found very meaningful some... Uh, some models of biblical manhood that they wanted to make use of from a book that Richard Rohr had, had published. What those who um, that stumbled onto this information likely because they are hoping to find something that they could shoot an arrow at. Um, they decided what we are saying is we are inviting Richard Rohr, who by the way is a Franciscan friar, who is ecumenical, I'm not gonna explain all these words, <laughs> you go figure it out. Uh, and and uh, is a part therapist, part scholar, priest, all the above in the Catholic Church, which is something that is very alarming to some. The idea that we would have a 12 week retreat with Richard Rohr, so time out, I don't think we have any possibility of getting Richard Rohr here for 12 weeks. This is all a misunderstanding on one point. Um, and, and by the way, for anyone, because to almost always to have a mistake like this happen, there are a number of us that feel like our fingerprints are on that. And if you played any role in our getting to that mistake or that miscommunication, I want to say this to you. Uh, I know your heart for Jesus. I know what's going on. And by the way, just made me think of the shirt, by the way. <laughs> Deep cut for anybody who this is your first time listening to our podcast. <laughs> by the way, I pledge to you that I will not do so little in my life that I will not make a mistake. When we do, we stand up, we admit it. And we say we're sorry. And I'm, I am sorry for the conversations you are likely to have to have because of people's misunderstandings. I want to be clear, though, that uh, what has happened in this regard is that one of our own family members who was attempting to refire a small group in seeking after Jesus Christ, using some metaphors, from a book that this has been blown into a situation that is attempting to say that we don't care about the Bible or Jesus. And that is deeply unfortunate. Deeply unfortunate. Um, I, 
I'm led to the place of wondering, there could be somebody that's actually here right now who wouldn't be here except they came to see, what is this train wreck called Crosswalk? <laughs> even more likely, because that takes a bit more energy, even more likely, someone will listen to this podcast later to just see what's happening, what's going on, what is this situation? And what I want to say to you, no matter your motivation, is I think you're in the right place. Because we now, where we may never have otherwise been able to, have the opportunity today or through this podcast to love you. And if you're wondering what Crosswalk is about, we are a single issue mission to walk with Jesus, to hold on tight to Him and to let his love flow through us so that we might love others well, even if they are trying to take us down. And I just want to say to other family members in the global community, the global network of churches <clears throat> who are praying for us, thank you. Who are worried about this, we should probably not worry too much. Because if there is an issue, the issue is really about submitting our hearts to Jesus. And as soon as we submit our hearts to Jesus, the issue then is with Jesus. So, I wanted to give you a little bit of background. You should know, out of the confusion, the craziness, we pulled that event. We, that obviously, there's so much question, work, that, let's just pull that off of there. That's not, it's completely confusing and we understand our mistake. We allowed it to be read as a certain way and so we've pulled that off of there. That is not because we will not be doing men's ministry and not be having small groups and not be teaching the love of Jesus. We will. We'll refire what we're doing. And we, uh, Yes, yes, yes. I would also say this. Uh, anytime somebody speaks up to you a concern about a resource that you're using, we owe it to the cause of Christ to pause for a second. If we haven't already rethought over and over about that, we should ask ourselves again, should we use that? What I will say to you, though, is that we're going to be in a problem if we decide we will only ever listen to individuals who are absolutely correct about everything. I'll have to sit down. Maybe you can take the stage. We ought to be thoughtful and careful and not compromise. But I will suggest to you Despite what denomination he is from, I will occasionally quote Martin Luther King Jr. Frankly, despite his Catholicism, I will quote Martin Luther. No matter how convinced I am that it should have been more obvious to him that the Sabbath is the holy day to worship God. We can cut ourselves off and isolate ourselves in just such a way we will never listen to anyone else again. And Jesus says, look, I will speak through whom I choose to speak. Your job is to be connected to me. So Moses, you're having all sorts of leadership issues. I'm going to get a Midianite priest who's your father-in-law. There's a bunch of layers to why you might not listen to him. 
to revise where you're headed. I will prophesy through donkeys if I have to. It's always humbling. <laughs> but here's what I know. You cannot fight darkness with darkness. And so, I would like to take a minute or two. One of my favorite notions, I believe I first bumped into it in a book from John Maxwell, who was talking about leadership failure. And he said some version of this, if you fall down or are knocked down, you ought to look around while you're down there. Sometimes you can see things you cannot see from any other angle than lying flat on the floor. And I believe in a Jesus who says, okay, okay, guess what, crosswalk? Guess what? There are people who are going to come, possibly, who would never otherwise have come except that they hold you in disdain. This is an opportunity. There might be somebody who's going to listen to this podcast wondering what kind of nuts people these are, and I just want you to lift me up and even love them well. So I'd like to look around for a second before we go further. Some thoughts that have occurred to me. One of the first ones is, difficulty is coming. We should not be surprised. Somehow we build a story of what Christianity is that suggests that if we're in the right, difficulty shouldn't come. And Jesus says something pretty close to opposite. Be careful. Difficulty is not a sign that you're following Jesus. Just because something is difficult doesn't mean you follow Jesus. No, that's not the way the equation works. It is that following Jesus will walk you straight into a cross and difficulty. You do realize, we realize, the title Christian was not a compliment. It was a complaint. So should we be surprised if crosswalk for some is not a compliment, but a complaint? If we are truly Christians? Maybe not. I love the little story we sing about in children's classes or you think about as we go forward through the Gospels and we find Jesus telling a parable about a wise man and a foolish man and the foolish man builds his house on what? Sand. The wise man does what? He builds his house on and in both cases, what happens? The rain comes. See, the issue about being a Christian is not that the rain doesn't come. It is that you're built on the rock. You're going to make some mistakes. We're going to have to apologize. We may even quote from somebody that I myself will end up feeling I object to. You can either shrivel into a corner... And not walk and speak for Jesus. Or you can own the moments and you can stay firmly planted on the rock. But I'll tell you this, the rain is coming. And the rain, the intentional attacks, those tend to come even more when God is doing something than when we have not allowed him to do much. And if you haven't felt it, you don't know it, you're not a part of the conversations I am, maybe... God is up to stuff in this community. 
I can barely handle the number of people. I hope even just saying this causes somebody to come to me today and say, you know what, I really need to talk to you about my commitment to Jesus. <laughs> I can barely handle all the conversations. Because of what Jesus is doing in our community. And to be clear, crosswalk doesn't matter at all. Or Tim Gillespie. That was a little... I don't even necessarily understand the whoop. Nor of Pastor Tim or Pastor Patty or Richard Rohr or, 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 or no other human being. We are followers of Jesus Christ. And that means as we explore, we will check in with other human beings who are flawed and problematic and we will always test it by holding on to staying connected to Jesus. So yes, we should make some tough decisions sometimes about not using certain kinds of resources, but I want to challenge you away from the fear. We do not serve a brittle, fragile Jesus. We serve the crucified Jesus who is risen, and even death can't touch him. And he has the power to speak. I invite him to overcome my thoughts and words every day, and yet he still says, yeah, but I want you to stand up. Don't leave me hanging here, crosswalk. I want you to stand up. I want you to live love. I want you to be my body. I want you to make mistakes and own up. And I will say this too. A primary tactic of the enemy of God is that the enemy often shoots from the shadows rather than the daylight. I love this verse. David, he's complaining to God, making a bold statement, but it's just true and it's a principle. Look, the wicked bend their bows, they set their arrows against the strings to shoot from the shadows at the upright in heart. To shoot from the shadows. And this feels like this is one of those moments of shooting from the shadows not actually coming to talk, not asking a question. We're not hiding here. We're not absent mistakes. And one of the things that I've noticed is the misbehavior of others often is used by even God's followers as an excuse to misbehave. This is a terrible trap. When you're shot out from the shadows, you know what our, our, our first response is to do? All right, I got some shadows I can get in. By the way, I've been saving an arrow for you. But I just want to suggest to you that when things go wrong or others say certain things or you're wondering, there is in fact from Jesus' own mouth a right way to approach things. And it's not from the shadows. And so may we not retaliate from shadows when we are hit. In fact, you know this verse. 
If your brother sins against you, go and show him his fault just between the two of you. Then if they listen, you have won your brother over. And we can easily miss some element of this. The first couple of things are, I mean, something that would save a lot of problems and confusion and furor and all sorts of Facebook posts would be if we actually went to one another and said, hey, this is what I think I'm understanding. Do you mind telling me what's going on? That is the way of Jesus. And before we get too critical that this was not practiced on our behalf, ask yourself, was I just about to pull the trigger on practicing that other methodology right back? It's one of the, I believe, the biggest problems with social media is it is indeed the shadows. It is not a face-to-face -face approach. It rarely allows for nuance, care, openness, and it is extraordinarily difficult to communicate love in a social media post. And I'll say it again. If you are paying attention to this just because you think Crosswalk is leading people to hell, I thank you for giving us the opportunity to love you right now. Because I believe our statement that we are called to love well is best challenged by how we treat those most different than us. But there's a part of this that we often forget. That is that when you go to somebody else to say, hey, this I believe is happening, I'm concerned about that, can you tell me more about this? Don't forget this last part and its meaning. If they listen, you have won them. All of this, every bit of it, and it goes on in describing what to do next and next, all of it is about becoming closer. That when you have a problem, if it is not in your heart to be reconciled, you should just drop it and stop it. Let it go. You, I am in the wrong if I am pursuing something to make my point to try to tear somebody else down, that is, that is not in keeping with Jesus. That when I bring up a thing I am concerned with in your life, I ought not even speak it if my heart isn't driven by this call of Christ to be right with each other. And in the midst of it, by the way, if you're wondering, because there are some who believe our primary our primary task as Christians is to make other people understand what we think. And Jesus says repeatedly, could you please love one another? Our primary asset is not a truth my intellect has mastered. It is the Jesus who promises to walk with me. And he can overcome anything. But our whole approach is to reconcile others to Jesus. Outside of that, maybe we should drop some stuff. Oh, I'm, I've got all sorts of stuff I feel like saying. About appropriate process about how deeply somebody had to even try to farm our website to try to find something to pick on. 
I'll just, by the way, say thank you to whoever it was who, after we pulled the event, figured out another way to access that event. And I'm not sure they meant to alert us that we hadn't been fully successful in taking it down, but thank you. <laughs> the purpose is winning over, and the purpose is building up. Do you remember when just fired up, angry about Jesus, a bunch of Pharisees are talking about taking him down, and by taking him down, they're talking about killing him. And by the way, that is at the core, usually, of these moments. I would just as soon remove you from the face of the earth. And Jesus says, if you're not sure about that, understand, when I said do not kill, I meant do not hate. And when I said do not hate, I meant don't look at another human being with something other than a desire to grow close. In the midst of this, you know, we should kill him, we should kill him, somebody steps up and says, hey, hey, you know, I don't think our job actually is to determine whether that ministry is of God or of the devil. That's not actually our job. If it's of the devil, it will collapse. And while I would wish that this other ministry had that opportunity, had taken that opportunity to think that way about us, guess what? Right now, we have the opportunity to think that way about them. I want to encourage you not to take up arms, to start spreading out all sorts of messages, to try to take down somebody who did something wrong. That's actually just shadow to shadow. A primary identifier of whether we actually follow Jesus is that everything we do is about building up and growing rather than tearing down or destroying. And so, as we caption this, I just want to take you through 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, where Paul writes it this way, Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as, in fact, you are doing. Elsewhere, he will say, you know what, we're getting into these arguments about spiritual gifts. What we should be praying about is, because what the spiritual gifts are about are not us kind of like identifying that we are particularly spiritual. They're about building up the body. If you have energy, what it's actually called upon to be used for is to build people up. Build others up. And if you look at a situation and that, you can't find a pathway for that, maybe you should turn to another situation because there's, surely there is something that God has gifted you to be able to build someone up. In Ephesians chapter 4, the gifts are given that we might build up the body. So build each other up just as, in fact, you are doing. And before you conclude, yeah, but that's talking about us at Crosswalk, build up Crosswalk. And if you believe in what we believe in, if you talk like we talk, if you are willing to listen to music that we listen, then that's who we're talking about. And Paul, Paul is, he says, look, live in peace with each other. Again, maybe just us. And we urge your brothers and sisters, warn those who are idle and disruptive Encourage the disheartened, help the weak, and be patient with everyone. I believe that we have the opportunity to contrast an attack with love. In a way, 
48 hours ago, we didn't have. Thank you, Jesus, for giving us a new way to show love to others. And maybe in showing that love to those most distant from us, someone close will fully believe we do love them. Make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong. But always, there's nobody, always, everyone, always try to be kind to each other. And in case you thought that was just crosswalk, and everybody else. Okay, Paul. I hear you. And then this, which we quote. So be joyful always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. I want to just make one more comment about this as we then just swerve through the last couple of moments in our new wine series. <laughs> and that is this. There are times when people do things in the name of Christ that so discourage us as to walk away from Christ. And sometimes people do things from an angle or a position that makes us even confused how our own leaders feel and think. And I just want to just take a second and say thank you to the administration of the Georgia Cumberland Conference who has been in clear communication with me all the way along, are choosing not really to respond to this. Their phones have blown up. They are now putting in hours and hours and hours of time helping us be Christ in our community. And I want to say thank you to Gary. Thank you to Chester. Thank you to Victor. Thank you to Kurt, who's here. Thank you. I know what this means. I can tell just by my own phone what this means to you. Thank you. We are not alone. I know campuses across the world right now are praying for us. We are not alone. And so Paul says, in all circumstances, give thanks. Pray continually. Be joyful. Be joy-filled. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. By the way, that's God's will for you, is that you would be in Christ Jesus, right? That's what we're, where we were last week, remain. That's where we are this week, oddly enough, remain in Christ. So I want to just fly through a passage of scripture as an encouragement to you that is about light. Now, you can read the word light in two different ways. One way is to say light, like this is a bright light. There's another way to say it, and that is light, like wow, this is not light. And I know in our midst there are individuals who have had far heavier burdens to bear this week than I have. So before you go out, I invite you to the Jesus who says, my burden, my weight, the part that I would share with you is lighter than if you try to do this without me. By the way, this is a perfect day for you to go check out the podcasts of the other campuses. Because <laughs> you'll get a lot more exegesis on some of this. <laughs> 
I, at the beginning of the week, Carolyn and I, we had the opportunity to, to sit with a couple of our family members here from Crosswalk, and they just said, oh, by the way, by the way, by the way, the only way that you can possibly really appreciate what is going on here is you come to church, and you listen to the sermon, and then you go home, and you listen to the Redlands campus broadcast, then you go listen to the Portland broadcast, and by the way, every morning, I listen to Abide, the Abide in me, that, and then I look at the series guide, oh, and on Wednesdays or Thursdays when the sacred echo comes out, ah, right? It's only one way to really get, you know, yeah, good. Remain, abide, and Jesus would say it this way, come to me. Come to me. That's what this is all about, is the invitation Jesus speaks out, come to me. All of you are weary. If you're burdened, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And this is rabbi and disciple language, by the way. Walk with me, for my burden is light. Take my yoke. Well, some of you know that a yoke is a it's actually very physically a thing that would be put around two animals. And in fact, one experienced beast of burden that actually is really good at plowing the field might be harnessed with one that is young, doesn't know how to do it, and they would actually help train the one who didn't have the experience. But here's the other thing. Who you, harness, who you are harnessed to and their capacity makes a big difference in the weight that you end up carrying. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. By the way, this metaphor is, involves us plowing a field. And plowing a field is not easy. His yoke is easy. The rain comes. Disaster hits. Problems happen. We live in a sinful world that calls upon us to live through terrible, difficult things. And Jesus is not saying, you follow me and I will transport you completely out of this world to some nirvana situation where nothing bad ever happens. No, he says, look, the weight will get lighter if you let me carry the burdens. It is still plowing a field. It is still difficult. You will still have to say goodbye to that loved one. But if you would harness yourself to me, if you would abide in me, if you would remain with me, if you would come to me, I will be carrying you, sometimes legs dangling in the plowed earth. This isn't a way around, this is the way through. My yoke. Just a little bit to leave you with. There is a Hebrew word, remez. Remez. Many of you read Hebrew, so you'll recognize it. <laughs> remez just basically uh, translated is hint or illusion. But the rabbis would actually embed what they would call remez in their teachings, in their trainings. Whether they be public or often with a disciple. Jesus does this. The gospel writers do this. What it is, it's an Easter egg 
that if you understand what's happening, you can understand what's being read just fine, but if you understand the remez, if you understand the hint, if you understand the illusion, suddenly there's more going on here. Have you had that moment? There's more going on here. <laughs> so that when Jesus says, come to me if you're weary, he is, he is citing. And those who know scripture that would hear his words would hear the remez. The callback, like he just cited a movie reference that some people know, some people don't. A line that throws you into a whole different kind of understanding as he refers to Isaiah 55. Come to me if you are thirsty. I will refresh your weary soul. And so he, he says, come to me. And he embeds that Easter egg the words of God himself saying, come to me and I will refresh you. He goes on to say, I will give you rest. He's nearly quoting from Jeremiah chapter 6. I will give you rest. The thing that's interesting is that while rabbis would embed these little nuggets in their language and in their illustrations, the thing that's interesting is that Jesus, when he does it, he embeds in it the words of God himself as if to say, as I say, come to who? Me. That's not something a rabbi would say. Come to him. They might even go so far as to say, come to the Torah. But no rabbi would be saying, come to me. That is what you reserve for God. But Jesus, as he enters your story today and he says, come to me, he's not making a flimsy call. He's not making a tiny claim. He is saying, if you will walk with me, God himself is carrying you. We will find our way through the pain. The resurrection and the life. This crazy, bold rabbi is either filled with blasphemy or he is God himself who lands in Matthew chapter 11 and says, you come to me, you come to me, and I can carry you. So, you're faced with the question. Honestly, Many of us don't feel like being carried. We want to do this ourselves, and, and until that moment when we realize we can't, and then we look around and wonder why the things have gone wrong. And Jesus would say, from the front end, you can't, but I can, and I will carry you. It is fully an act of submission where some beasts of burden they don't have much of a choice. You today do. Have the choice. Will you be yoked? Will you be, will you come to him? Will you remain with him? Will you abide in him? Will you stay connected to him? Will you let him flow through you? Oh, I plead with you, don't let the discouragement of the day cause you to let go. Because his burden is always lighter than going it alone. And he has promises for you. He has a call to you. He is claiming something special. that he will see us through. So he lifts the weight today. And while this is actually an irritating passage, 
I leave you with 2 Corinthians chapter 4, where Paul writes, but we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God, not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. Difficulty is coming. Rain will happen. Death and disease on this planet, we're not asking for the way around, we're asking for the way through. And Jesus says, my burden is always lighter. Come to me, come to me. And so, as, as I pray, I want to invite you to stand. I want to invite you to stand with me. Just that little bit of movement, the blood flow, the action, Maybe Jesus is asking for action in your heart, action in your life, stepping up. It is the crazy thing that while he can carry us, he will never grab us and haul us away against our will. It is up to you. It is up to me to decide if you're going to submit or not. Thank you for joining us for this teaching. Consider hitting the subscribe button to stay tuned for next week. If you'd like to support Crosswalk Chattanooga, go to crosswalkvillage.com chattanooga and click the Give button at the far right of the ribbon at the top. Notice the campus drop-down menu and select Chattanooga. And if you'd like to come and worship with us on a Saturday morning, we would love that. When you do, please say hi to me. I'd love to learn your name.